Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 403, it is the second one in our Right Where You Belong series, How to Identify and Fully Occupy Your God-Given Space. And we're focusing on the boundary lines of time and place with my special guest, Clear Reeves. Sometimes you feel like everyone around you is running and you're walking and that's okay. You know, I think the older I get, the more I just really appreciate and yearn to live as someone who is at peace, not someone who's impressive. And I think that is just a constant act of faith. Clear is the creator and owner of the online shop Clearly Stated. She also does an incredible job sharing encouraging words on her Instagram account of the same name, Clearly Stated. She's the host of the podcast, Let's Be Clear, and the author of the new book, The Miracle of You, which was inspired by her journey through the NICU with her son. We're going to share more of that story in today's episode because my goal is to have guests come on and talk about their God-given spaces. Where has he assigned them? How are they filling those spaces? We're going to spend some focused time with Clear on the concepts of your boundary lines of time and place. We each have these boundary lines in our lives that God has given us and how do we embrace them. I'm really grateful for Clear to be here. I love that her mission for her company is to recalibrate and help people remember who they are in Jesus and whether it's a mountaintop or a valley to see all of it through a heavenly perspective. So we want to do that here in this conversation. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Clear, I am so thrilled to get to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Oh my goodness, Heather. This is really exciting for me as a listener to your podcast. So So encouraging, challenging, helpful, what you hope your podcast is as a fellow fellow podcaster. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. But really, thank you so much, especially in where I'm at in motherhood. I think what you do is so very important. Yeah, man, it can be isolating. And I have moms who just physically are not in a place where they can have flesh on flesh friends. And so it is helpful. Um, Although it's not my goal, I want people to be in person with each other, but I'm I'm thankful for the opportunity and to share stories like yours, because um, with this new book coming out right where you belong, I really want women to embrace all of the space that God has given to them. And these can be challenging spaces. These are not necessarily palaces or beautiful things. (laughs) They can be the hardest places. And I'm going to interview several gals about where God has them. And we're going to talk through boundary lines of time, which I think your story, Mm -hmm. it's really interesting when we think about the fact that your story is significant is that the time that sledge was you in your mind scheduled to be in your womb was shifted. And because of that time shift, there was abundance of challenges, which other moms can relate to. So I would love to start there on your boundary lines of, of where God has you. And the, just the timing, like talk to us about your story and your pregnancy and where God assigned you in that. 
Yes. So full can of worms. <laughs> Are you ready? I just want to hear all go. the things. I just want clear oh, to talk. Go. Yes. yes. Um, well, so I, my son Sledge, who is now gosh, over a year and a half old, that is <gasps> bananas. I know. Wow. I, know, Where did, I mean it to me, even as like a watcher from the socials, I'm like, how is that possible? Okay. I know. Which, okay. you know, as, as you know, when you become a mom, that time seems to slip away even quicker. But I was supposed to, so my intended delivery <laughs> was supposed to be October 24th, which is mm. a day before my husband's birthday. And Sledge graced us with his presence July 23rd, which is a day before my birthday. <laughs> so Stop it. it was, yes, which was so unexpected obviously not planned and the biggest miracle of our lives. I actually went in for my glucose screening and I had had a dream, which this is all kind of a crazy story and relatively detailed, but I'll give you kind of the top layer of it is I had a dream that previous Saturday and I woke up and literally told my husband, I was like, something's going on. And Mm. he was like, you know, no, you're just having, you know, just nervous mom anxiety and he's fine. He's been regged, you know, he's been, I was like, I just feel like he's not growing. And yeah. I was 26. I was almost 26 weeks at that point. Actually almost texted a friend who did ultrasounds and we were down at the beach for the weekend. And I was really like, I, I just had this, this weird tug in my spirit. So obviously, as we know, that is totally the Holy Spirit and sledge just already saying, mom, what's up? I'm about to come. Mm. but I, so I called on Monday. So I had a glucose screening scheduled for that Friday and I added an ultrasound to it. And he, I went to my ultrasound. I did the glucose test, drank the disgusting sugar filled. Oh, can you believe it? I even actually drank it. I was so mad later, (laughs) but so I did that and then got an ultrasound and I could tell immediately and the ultrasound text eyes that something was going on. Mm. Turns out immediately it was rushed to the hospital across the street. My car stayed <laughs> in the parking lot, my parents. But my husband had been to every appointment that so far. That was the only one he had not been to. He had a mandatory, had to go to court in a different county about like an hour and a half away. So he obviously sped back, went to the hospital. They said he'll be here in about 90 hours. He'll be here in 72 hours, 48 24. Just kidding. He's coming now. And what was really crazy is they told us that based on his ultrasound that he was going to have fluid all around his brain, Hmm. really just all around his organs that that things were not looking good. Hmm. But the miracle of life in general is astounding when you really stop and think about it. Right. And just what God does literally day to day. But in those moments, I mean, I literally felt heaven come to earth and there was just an overwhelming peace that was there. Um, and he came and said, he, when he came out, everybody was cheering in the room. It was like a football section. It was hilarious. <laughs> and your husband, did he, he didn't make it? He did make it. He was there okay. by then. Okay, good. Yes. I'm like, that's Thank where I'm thing. stalled. Okay. That's where I'm stalled. <laughs> I'm sorry. So everyone's yeah. cheering. Everyone's cheering. And he came and, um, they successfully got him intubated 26 weeks, one pound, 12 ounces oh and gosh. Hammer entered the world. So, I mean, at that point, when you're 26 weeks, 
I mean, it didn't feel like a detour. We're talking about, okay, Lord, you, this is a whole different roadmap. Like what is going on? You know, I have not done all the things. I have not read up on a, the articles. I do not know how in the world I'm supposed to feed this kid or keep it alive. Like I don't even own a succulent at this point, you know? So, I mean, it well, is just, yeah. it, <laughs> it was mm-hmm. kind of, you know, thrown to the deep end in the realist sense. But, and then we were in the NICU, we spent for a little over four months in the NICU, ended up going home, coming back after he had a few apneic episodes and uh, he came home on oxygen. And then we are still in the, you know, he's obviously a micro creamy. So learning, developing, figuring out what that looks like, but it is really wild. You know, I think it's, and you interview a lot of people like this, Heather, you know, and, and I'm sure you yourself have experienced this in a different form or fashion, but it's one thing to be praying for someone or something that, you know, oh, I'll be praying for you and your family or someone's going through something or they get thrown into a life situation they never expected. And it's a whole other thing. And just dependence on the Lord when you become the person on the other end of that prayer. And you are just like, God, I guess I still kind of thought I had control over this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, newsflash to me, it's, in your hands always has been, but I think this is probably the most practical and continual revelation Hmm. that he's in charge. You know, I think motherhood is that that's the essence of motherhood is that he loves them more than we do and he's got them. And we are capable of um, stewarding the gift that we've been given and being the moms that we are called to be and wherever that finds us, whether we're in the NICU whether we are in the throes of teenagehood and it is emotions are totally crazy, yeah. right? Now you're talking like, to me. Ner- now you're talking to me. nervous about that. I know, yeah. I know. But, you know, I think seeing it's different. It's one thing to talk about it, but I think that's the beauty of motherhood is it puts us in situations that we would feel ill-equipped for unless we were forced to go there, right? And that love and that sacrifice and that devotion to our kids is what says, I'm going there. And I'm staying there and I'm remaining there and I'm learning there and I'm growing there and I'm trusting God there. And that was definitely the hospital, you know, because Sledge didn't need another nurse. He needed a mom. And so, yeah, I don't even know if that answers your question. I tend to No, I think, (laughs) no, what you just did is you went to the next boundary line of your God-given space, which is the physical place. And I think he assigned you, yes, in that time in July instead of in October, and, and something you said kind of quickly, but to me, who's been walked with friends who have kids in the NICU, it is no yeah. small thing, is four and a half months in the NICU. Every yeah. day is a bazillion dollars. Yeah. A bazillion dollars <laughs> times four and a half months, which is yeah. 30 times four and a half, which is like people don't get. This is yeah. not only disruptive and you're filled with fear and every day you're on pins and needles of what could happen. It is like gut-wrenchingly like a financial hit and and just like you said, this was not, you think, oh, I'm going to have a baby in October. October is fall and there's leaves. July is like a totally different vibe. Right. So you're just oh, even, yeah. everything is just thrown off. You think I'm going to have a baby. We're going to go home. We're going to take this baby home. That didn't happen. Everything that you thought timing wise is thrown off. And you're well, like, and I remember Rrr. being in 
yes, like you are totally going, okay, Lord, this was not what I thought you had in mind. But I think the beautiful thing about that situation is I really wasn't even given a choice. I'm pretty stubborn. (laughs) And so (laughs) I'm grateful. Honestly, I look back and it's such mercy because the intimacy that our family has experienced because of our need required that place. And so I am so grateful for it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was like, I remember this is probably 48 hours um, postpartum. And I remember hearing like babies crying and I'm like, what, what are they doing here? And I'm like, oh, they're going home with the families. Like we're, it's such a departure from you have a new normal, you know? And I think what you said, you know, is true is that four and a half months in the NICU. Wow. That's a long time just in the hospital, you know, yeah. and what something that the Lord was really adamant about me, what with my mindset was clear, your perspective is your power. So mm. you are going, you, this, you're going to be here for a minute. Yeah. You know, this is like, this is not a short stay. And so, but it's going to be good. But a lot of that is also going to be about whether you are going to open your eyes to what I'm doing in the in-between, you yeah. know, there is yeah. there like there is so much light at the end of this tunnel, but when you're in the tunnel, of course, it feels like it's kind of closing in. Obviously, I own a, a small business and I'm pretty driven. So I think a big thing for me, I mean, I was working full time still, you know, I mean, pumping every three hours, spending all day in the NICU, being an advocate, you know, hopefully for Sledge, just because at the end of the day, you know, those NICU nurses and those that that hospital staff was unbelievable. Yeah. But it's your kid, right? So, and that was what motherhood looked like for me at that point. So it was a constant, like every single day, I felt like I had to ask God, okay, yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's yeah. not here yet. What do you want me to hold today? And that was something that I still am in that place. You know, like you said, boundary lines. And to be honest, Heather, I often don't like the ones he draws or I do, I do, but I sometimes go, Lord, are you sure? What about that really good thing that's right outside my perimeter? And he either says, you're not ready for that, or that's not yours to carry or something better, you know? And so every day really was such a, such a lesson and really strengthening my muscles for when we did get to take such home Mm -hmm. to say, okay, God, with the allotment of time that I'm given in one day, with the strength that my body can have for one day, with the way my mind can operate in one day, tell me what you want me to do. I love sharing HelloFresh with y'all because it is actually what I use to serve my boys dinner. For our family meals, I use HelloFresh. I am super thankful in this busy season with book launch and just spring things, all the things we said yes to, that I don't have to worry about what's for dinner. On Saturday, I get my box and it has four different meals in it. Sometimes I'll buy some more protein just because I'm buying the meals for four people and we have six in our family. And so I'll just like add a little bit more protein in there. But other than that, it is in my fridge. I have the recipe cards When it comes time to make dinner, I just ask maybe one of the boys who's hanging around, hey, which one of these do you want me to make? And in like 40 minutes, I've made food with seasonal ingredients that are picked at their peak ripeness. They come from the farm to our home in less than seven days, so they're super fresh, 
And we're not wasting. Like we pretty much eat everything that's there. So we're not adding to food waste. Also, April is Earth Month and HelloFresh is always committed to a cleaner planet. So on average, their meals have 31% lower carbon footprint than the same meals made from supermarket ingredients. When I'm cooking, I have the brown bag that all of the ingredients are in. I dump all those on the counter. And then as I'm cooking, I'll take any recyclable trash and I put it in the brown bag and take that to our recycling. It makes it super easy and fantastic. If y'all want to check it out, go to hellofresh.com slash DMA50. It's the number five and the number zero. Use the coupon code DMA50 for 50% off plus your first box ships for free. Go to hellofresh.com slash DMA50. Use that code DMA50 for 50% off plus your first box ships free. Y'all are going to find out why I believe HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. You know, I mean, I think that's just that's the only that's space you can occupy. It's like right. millisecond to millisecond for a day. That's what we get yeah. to, to manage. Yeah. And and I also like leaning into you said you're in this space, the hospital. And what did you find like as you are assigned there and you're yes, you're the mom and yes, you're the businesswoman and you're having interactions with people that you wouldn't have if you left within 48 hours what kind of stories or how did you see God move in that physical space oh my gosh I actually have not talked about this a lot and shame on me for not because (laughs) it was unbelievable so thank you for asking that question you know I've always been such a huge believer that science complements faith like God is the God of all biology. So I do not fear if someone comes at me with that conversation because he wired every bit of us. And so it was really cool to see doctors and nurses and medical professionals who, well, from the start of Sledge's life, didn't think that he was going to make it, Mm. right? So Mm. what do you call that when science says no, but God says yes? Yeah. I mean, that's called a miracle. So call it what you want. But I think that was like such a, God gave us such a solid rock to stand on, even with the entrance of his life. Was Mm -hmm. it a jolt? Sure. Was it planned? Not at all. But was it God moving in the midst of ordinary, everyday, mundane situations where a ton of people got to say, what is he about to do? Yes. And so I really did. I mean, you know, I wasn't great at it every day, but I really tried to go, okay, Lord, I don't want to be a mom who, you know, I write about my faith. I talk about prayer, you know, I say, I talk about what it means to choose joy, but now I'm going to really have to fight for it. Mm. And I don't want to miss this season. I don't want to be so gung ho on getting out of here that I miss what you're doing while we're in here. And I'm so thankful for that because even to this day, we have NICU nurses who are truly like our family. We have doctors who, when they see sledge, they literally are like, this is why I do what I do, you mm. know? I mean, I got to see, I mean, I truly like, this is going to sound strange, but I'm going there. I remember walking down the halls of the NICU, literally feeling like I needed to watch my step because angels were so encompassing that place. It redefined what I think space, you said physical spaces. I don't think the world gets to define physical spaces. I think the Lord gets to, and I think it's our job as believers to believe that, to walk in the authority of what he says and to give it a new name, because if we don't, who will, right? And so 
I think that's, you know, the hospital became the land of the living for me, for our family. It became a place where healing happens. And Mm -hmm. do we always get a say on what that looks like? Of course not. I mean, Sledge actually got pneumonia last November and we were back in the hospital. I remember just being like, here we go. You know, Mm -hmm. this ain't my first rodeo. Walked in, they're like, you need it. I'm like, yes, ma'am, I'm aware of what I need when I walk at this place. But there was a different countenance when we walked in there because I was expecting God to show up. And I think our expectations determine our experience, you know, and it's like you said, okay, you have those physical boundaries. You have these seasons where they were unexpected or you're in a place in motherhood where maybe it's not the picture that you thought it was going to look like, but what does it look like for you to really set up camp and to trust God with those physical boundaries and say, you know what, this is maybe not the setting that I was anticipating, but if God chose it, then it's good. And that's really what we got to do, you know? So it was really special. And I still, you know, getting to have conversations with the people that were so involved in Sledge's care is just, it's a huge part of our lives now. I mean, we are still involved with the Children's Miracle Network and work with um, our local hospital in different ways. We just feel a strong commitment now, you know, to, there's so many families who they did not get to leave yeah. and still don't, you know, yeah. and I think it's really hard. You know, something I struggled with is grief is very, it feels very uh, relative. And I constantly remind myself that what's heavy on your shoulders during that day is heavy for your shoulders. It doesn't mean that like if someone else is carrying something that seems from an outside perspective, so much grander and so much bigger um, that your grief is not appropriate, you know? And so I think that I had to continually remind myself of that. And to, to hold joy and hope, yeah, like strong hope, un, yeah. unwavering hope yeah, and deep, deep peace at the same moment that I could say, Lord, this is not what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. And Lord, I just would really like to go home and stay there, you know, and he's good at that. You know, he's such a God of reality. And I find so much comfort, like Heather, I think about this all the time. I'm like, God, I am so grateful that you know my thoughts before I do, because I wouldn't share some with you. (laughs) I'm sure I'm not sure. I know they aren't probably lining up with what you say is true. And and you feel that tension and you are good with it. Like, that's why there's so many scriptures, right? About realignment and renewal. And, and there's so much grace for those spaces. And I just am so grateful that he is who he says he is, you know, in every season, especially the ones that we did not pray for. So good. And one of the boundary lines is your experiences and how you hold hope for people who are coming up behind you who are in a similar situation. Another boundary line is your wiring. And I want to say from an outside view, there was this part of me that's like, like, how is she doing this? How (laughs) is she walking through this with such grace and faith and hope? Mm. And, and there's probably someone who's like hearing you and they're like, I mean, I am not where clear is. And that's okay because God made you a certain way. He assigned you this space so that you would experience it in your own unique way. Not everybody's NICU story is the same. Not everybody's journey is the same. How do you feel like you've been uniquely wired for this space of Sledge's birth and his journey? Man, that's such a good question. I think it really coincides too with your, um, the theme of your new book, 
you know, in a way kind of stay in your lane, right? And don't wish, you know, don't wish that you were somebody else or that you had a different personality or that you had a different measure of faith even, right? Like, I wish I was as faithful as clear. Well, that's, that is one of the spiritual gifts. So what is your spiritual gift? You know? (laughs) Well, I think part of that, honestly, is just truly like when I say an heaping, like a, like, I don't even know, like, I'm not talking, you can't contain this amount of grace over my eyes that during that time, I think I was veiled over certain possibilities Hmm. And that the Lord really, really helped me be present. Yeah. And, and to have faith that he was bringing the right people Hmm. to us um, and the right care and that supernatural things. Like I remember being there and literally giving me a vision that almost like when there's actors on a stage and behind the stage, like you think it's just curtains, right. And they're, they're doing a scene. And you think that whatever they're dealing with in that moment is going to be what stays. And then they draw the curtains and there's a whole other scene and there's all these other actors and other costumes. And there's a million other things that have been happening. Well, because you were just in the present moment. And I think that's what God does. I think that he is literally constructing and moving and making things happen and connecting dots and literally doing 10,000 things that we are unaware of. Um, One thing for me is that when I would feel my fear start to rise or my Lord, I'm not equipped for this kind of come into picture because to be honest, it was much harder when Sledge came home and yeah. even now in the yeah. development phase and just everything than it was when he was in the hospital. I mean, that was a different kind of hard. That was very physically taxing. That was very emotionally just, it was like a constant choice. I'm going to, I'm going to be here. Hmm. But I think now I think just continually reminding yourself that, he, that he's got you. I think faith to, in a way, like for one thing that the Lord showed me in the hospital is faith is not, okay, I'm like, Lord, you show me your promises and I'm never going to have these moments where I doubt. I think it's that constant, like Peter, right? Like he's looking at the waves and then it's eyes up, eyes up, eyes up yeah. and the calling back, you know? And I think the Lord really showed me, hey, clear, like wh- when you look down for a second, I'm not ashamed. I'm not mad. I'm not disappointed. I just missed you for a second. Look back up. Like, look what I'm doing. Look what's all around you. And my mom always said that she she named me clear because I'm pretty unfiltered. I don't realize how unfiltered I am until I hear other people's either answers or like what they said. I'm like, oh gosh, clear, lock it up. You know, (laughs) and my husband's always afraid. Like when I'm pretty sure what I'm talking, he's like, what's she about to say? (laughs) But I think I'm realizing instead of, like shaming that about myself, understanding that, you know, the gift of writing and the gift of being raw, that that is something that my, what God does with my gifts is none of my business, but my business is being obedient with them. And so that was when I was in the hospital, to be honest, I didn't really even know what he was all up to and the difference that it was making and how that was spurring other people forward. But I, I, I see so much of that now. You know, and I think honestly, I was just getting up and literally like I would physically touch the parts of my body and put on the armor of God and I would go to war mm. and then I would come home and I would wake up and I would do it again. And mm. I think when we are in battle, that's what we do. We don't even realize who's looking. Right. And yeah. I think what a gift, like what a gift of grace, because we would get so distracted or we would worry, like, how do they think I'm fighting? 
And that's just not what we have time for, you know? I mean, I think as moms, it's so easy. And oh my gosh, I mean, I struggle with that too. It's like, well, I'm not doing this and I should be Mm -hmm. taking sleds to do this. And I should be Mm -hmm. more of a mom who does this. And it's like, oh my gosh, sister, you do not have time (laughs) to hang out in that space, you know? And you really need to conserve your energy for doing what you, what you can do. And what are you good at? What kind of mom are you called to be? And what is God like put inside of you and tapping into that? But I do think that that is, it has to be intentional. You know, I mean, that is not something that's accidental. I do think that God is not after our perfection. He is after our attention. Yeah. And so we become a product of where we put our attention. And I firmly believe that. So if we don't like the words that we're saying, if we don't like how we're fighting, if we don't like how our mind is wandering, if we don't like what's coming out of our mouths or how we're treating other people, then we really need to think about where we're focusing our attention. Is it life-giving? Is it, is it humbling? Is it helpful? And, you know, that's kind of like, I mean, for, for me in the hospital, I was on a tightrope, right? And so I was clinking. <laughs> I think that that mentality was what preserved my faith, you know? Yeah. And yeah. not even that, I think I was, gosh, I, I don't, and it's not that I didn't doubt because I'm great. I was so aware that God's presence was so incredibly thick. I was like, I can't even avoid it. Like mm. I'm going to smack dab in the middle of a miracle. And I mean, I'm literally swimming in it and it's thick as molasses. I can't even get out of it. Like, this is just, I'm just, I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do and not strive to, to make things happen that I know that are in his control. You know, I mean, that, that did require discipline. Don't get me wrong, but I think that there's just so much grace over different seasons of our lives. And the Lord knows he loves us so much, you know, I mean, he loves us so much and he lets us be moms um, to the kids we have for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, uh, I think we're a lot harder on ourselves sometimes than our heavenly father is. (laughs) Totally. When you were talking about putting on the armor and keeping your eyes fixed. And I was thinking of the Friday night lights, clear eyes, full heart can't lose. And I was thinking about your clear eyes. You need to have a clear eyes something because yes, that's it. You kept your eyes that fixed is so true. and clear on what matters and what God was doing. Thinking of Clear's story, I think of all of the doctors and nurses that she came across and how when you're in those situations, It matters because those people change your life for the better. They make an impact. And so when you're hiring for your company, how incredible would it be if you could find more of those life-changing people right when you needed them? Well, if you're hiring, you're going to need Indeed because it is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. You're going to find top talent Fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like their instant match, their assessments, and virtual interviews. If you hate waiting, Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. If you want to try it out, I would highly encourage you to try their tool of instant match, where if candidates you invite can apply through the instant match they're going to be three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in a search. With Instant Match, when you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates that match your job description. Then you invite them to apply 
right away. Indeed does the hard work for you. So join over 3 million businesses using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash DMA to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash DMA, Indeed.com slash DMA. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who doesn't love a free Bible study? Well, my friends at Women of Welcome have created a beautiful free Bible study. Women of Welcome is a community that's dedicated to diving into the whole of scripture to understand God's heart for immigrants and refugees. Because we believe God calls us to a deep love for the vulnerable, the marginalized, and the forgotten. Together, we are on a journey to understand biblical hospitality in an authentic way. The welcome of Christ was astonishing to the culture around him. He gave voice to the speechless. He frustrated the powerful and he humbled the wise. As Christians, our welcome should be like this, wonderfully surprising, deeply challenging, and firmly rooted in love. So download their free five-week study that explores the complicated and beautiful welcome of Jesus toward his most beloved creation, human beings. Let's transform how we show welcome through the Bible study, Christ-like welcome. Get your free download today by going to womenofwelcome.com forward slash DMA. That's womenofwelcome.com forward slash DMA for your free Bible study. I do want to lean into, you know, you were talking, we talked about the space of the NICU. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned like now it's really the living out in the day-to-day of a child with developmental delays or challenges and therapies. Right. And you're a businesswoman, you got lots going on. And I get asked by moms a lot who are juggling these things. How do you balance all of that? And for you, on your as you're in this space of raising a little little guy who has additional beyond the care, uh, you have additional care requirements. How do you balance right. all that? Um, snap. Yeah. It's not, uh, this is not, like, the, like there's an easy button somewhere, right? This is the right. other lie we yeah. tell ourselves. Like it, it's hard because I'm doing it wrong is a thing that I think a yeah. lot of moms feel. And, and it's hard because it's hard. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think too, we have a faulty expectation um, mm. that it's supposed to look a certain way, yeah. you know, yeah, and, or that motherhood done well, looks put together. And in my opinion, I don't think that's true. I think that spirit filled motherhood is messy because you're willing to wrestle and you're willing to be honest and you're willing to go deep. And you're willing to fight for what matters. And you're willing to have your kids be embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Totally. That was a thing I so wish I'd learned earlier. Yeah. Is, I haven't oh. gotten there fully yet, but yeah. I can see Will and I actually had a conversation about that recently because we were at a restaurant and, yeah, I mean, he's four. He was four years old. Like, of course, you know, I mean, that's like he was having a tantrum. And like somebody else's kid because yours is not. Right. Someone yeah. else's. Yeah. We yeah. were just saying, oh, gosh, like when Sledge gets to that point. Yeah, four is hard. And his girl. version of yeah, 
I mean, and I am sure, and I'm, I'm one of four kids. So I am just Get waiting this. for that humble pie to just eat large chunks of it every day. And that is totally, <laughs> you know, I like talk to me then I'm sure I'll be singing a different song, but you know, I think the, that's a question that I like, no kidding. My answer to that is that I'm praying through it now. I am in a time where I know that the Lord's asked me to release certain things that I feel like are, I'm like, God, that is such a solid opportunity. Mm. And he's like, clear. It's not a solid opportunity if it's not my assignment for you. Yes. Like this. There, yes. The opportunity cost on that. And I, I think that's when we have to really get to the crux of it is do we want what we have planned for our lives or do we want what God has planned for our lives? And are we thinking that our quote unquote success or our growth or our future career, whatever it is, that we will miss out if we say no to the opportunity as if God isn't a bigger networker or has things that we can never see that could be five years in advance, but we're like clinging to what looks like a good opportunity. Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, even now with the miracle of you, like recently, which is her new book, her children's book, Miracle of You, because she's not saying (laughs) I'm a miracle. She's saying the miracle of you is her book. The miracle of you. (laughs) Yes. Sorry. Thank you for clarifying. Um, my mom will always say, I'll be in conversation. She's like, clear. That was chapter seven. Tell them chapter one. It's a book. It's coming out. Yes. Okay. So the miracle of you. Yes. Yeah. Is, you know, I'm like, well, if this person would just get it or talk about it, you know, and then influencer, you know, community or culture tells you if the right hands have it. I'm like, the right hand already does have it. Like God is holding it. I was obedient with writing it. Totally. And one thing that I love that Annie Downs says is she says celebrate before it comes out, mm-hmm. which I think is so crucial because the world, how the world receives it has nothing to do with whether I was obedient with it. And so that is very easy to say. It is very hard on March 15th when I am clawing to not look at a chart and see how it's performing. But I think that, you know, that balance between work and motherhood is a continual call back to a repentance. Just say, Lord, I messed up and mm-hmm. I'm going to need your help again. Realigning, which is such a faith builder. Like, honestly, that's really gracious of God to give us literally a daily practical way where we get called back into his presence. Because do you know how often we would forget? Like I would, I, I would just think I could do it alone. You know, I think too, what's, you know, as an entrepreneur, especially you're taught, you know, the, the more driven that you can be, the more valuable that you'll become. Mm. And I think that's really something that we really have to anchor back into our God-given identity about, okay, am I a, like, what am I about? What really matters to me, you know? Yeah. And something that my pastor told me that has really stuck with me is, you know, if God's anointed it, it'll grow without your hands touching it. Like if it is from him, then you don't have to constantly be like, <laughs> you know, you can take a rest. You can honor the season that you're in. And just because it's not now doesn't mean it's not ever yeah. or not never. You know, my mother-in-law told me one time, she was like, clear, just because you can do it all doesn't mean you should do it all right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I continually fight that, like that maybe just, okay, Lord, thinking I have to bring something to the table or um, prove my relevance or prove my, you know, I still kind of feel like sometimes as a writer and an entrepreneur, that imposter syndrome, you know? And and I think it's funny because, you know, from an outsider's perspective, it's like, oh, if you have a greater social media presence, then you're not struggling with that. 
And the fun there's thing always is, more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And too, what I've noticed is that the more you grow, the less affirmation you actually get because people think you're already getting it. Does that make sense? Totally. And totally. So you're kind of in this weird place of like, like I constantly am going, okay, Lord, I just want to make sure, am I touching the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Yeah. Is my energy going in the spaces that matter? And I think sometimes we can be paralyzed by possibility. Yes. And so I'm really have been, okay, Lord, direct me by discernment. Where do you want my energy? Where do you want my time? Because I've seen him take something that felt small to me and it became like something that just like blew up. And I'm like, for real? <laughs> you know, that was not how I saw things shaken out. And so I think just constantly being reminded his sovereignty is so much bigger and he's so much more aware of all the stuff going on. He's what I think is really cool is like, you know, as a a writer and speaker, podcast or whatever is my hope or my prayer. My heart is that I'm meeting people in their need, you know, and and Mm the same goes for you. Right. Well, what better source do we have than the person who's the provider of every need to say, hey, this is what you need to speak to. Or this is where I need you. And so I think just really trusting that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just one of those things. It's like walking with someone like a, like you're on a walk with someone and you're holding hands. Well, Mm -hmm. you're going to constantly have to check your pace, you know, be a little bit like, oh, we're going up a hill. Okay. I I can't run. Like I got to sustain. I can't run up this hill. And if I do, I'm going to wear out. Like there's a reason for the pace that he has me traveling and to not deny that sometimes it's that's frustrating. Sometimes you feel like everyone around you is running and you're walking and that's okay. You know, I think the older I get, the more I just really appreciate and yearn to live as someone who is at peace, not someone who's impressive. And I think that is just a constant act of faith, you know, the living out of what that really means in our day-to-day lives. Yes. Preach. That is a big part (laughs) of these God-given spaces is discerning. You said it, you said discerning and asking God, because we don't often do that. When the opportunity comes, do we sit and actually listen to God or do we ask all of our friends, do we do what's logical or do we do what's led? And Solomon, you know, we say, oh, he asked for wisdom. Well, he actually asked for a God-listening heart to discern Mm -hmm right from wrong. He wanted to hear from God and the word Hebrew word for listen, Shema from the Deuteronomy, Shema, hero Israel is hear and obey. So it's not just like, oh, that's a good idea, God. I think I'm still going to do my thing. Um, (laughs) Okay. You can consult friends. I remember speaking of like the balance of work and motherhood I had just had my youngest. And so I had a six-year-old, a four-year-old, two-year-old and a newborn. And an opportunity came to sign on with an agent. And I remember talking to a friend and she was like, wow, that's so exciting. That's, he's a great agent. I'm, I'm editing some of his clients books right now, but it's a lot to write a book. Maybe you should wait like five years and five years sounded like 30 million. I was like, yeah, uh, no, if I do that, this opportunity is going away. Mm-hmm. Guess when my first book came out? <laughs> 10 years, time. 10 oh. years, 10 years. And you know what? It was yeah. the perfect time. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it was the perfect time. God knew, God knew, God knew. And he knew what I, that what I would have to say would have more value. The experiences I needed to walk through. It's like lean in and trust overall what he's up to 
And I do think there's this urgency, especially in millennial and Gen Z to like do big things that get noticed by other people. And yeah, the faithful life of walking with God, like you said, and discerning his next step for you, I think has the biggest impact to leave legacy because you will never know the ripple effects of one conversation. You know, one conversation you had at a hospital may matter more than anything you've written online that's been liked thousands of times. Like you just don't know. And to to trust that God does is the humility of filling that space. And man, I'm just, I think you're right on it, Claire. I mean, you nailed it like that. What does it really mean to live a quiet life? It's not, not that you're not bold about what God's showing you, not Mm. that you're not loud about praising him, but what does it really mean to operate with quiet confidence and a heart of rest and peace in his plan? And I mean, like you said, you know, when did it come out? And I was like five years, yeah, 10 years. And I'm like, wouldn't that be just like the Lord? Yeah. But, you know, I wonder too, if had you have written it then, would it have even been what you wanted? Like, I think sometimes we think we want something because yes. we, we're, we've been told we're supposed to want that to be valued, important, successful, significant, um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, significant, like relevant in the field or just, you know, uh, wise, whatever. And the reality is too, like you, when you have a certain mantle to also, there's a weight of responsibility that comes with that. And responsibility is often not glamorous <laughs> in the least. So I think the more that you walk in those ways, you're going, okay, wait, this is different than I thought. And God's way more concerned with, I'm going to develop your character and I'm going to refine your heart before I give you a blessing. You actually are not able to steward right yeah. now, you know? Totally. Totally. It's like his grace. It is his grace to us that he's not putting us on a stage of 10,000 people that there's like this growing of platform or whatever it is, or what we deem significant. He's like your relationship, your identity and your worth in me is what gives you belonging and significance. The end. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I I had a huge heart check (laughs) you know, how the Holy Spirit does this good times. all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh, real fun. <laughs> and I remember him, I was just struggling with something with the book. And he said, this book is actually not about the writer. It's about the readers. I'll deal with the writer. Like clear, what is this really about? Yeah. Is it like, don't worry about sounding good. Like yeah. worry about hearing me, like you said, and then walking in that. And I think it's just truly like a constant, mind shift. And it really is something where it is a muscle and we want to be strong from the get-go. And that's just not how life works. You know, it's that process. It's that handholding. It's that continual, oh Lord, whoops, sorry. Can you help me? I fell again, you know, and being good with that. Right. Because then he gets to show off as the savior and the rescuer that he is. Yeah. It's so good though. It's so worth it. Oh my gosh. It's the only thing that's fulfilling, you know? That's great. So good, clear. Okay. I'm sad we're we're supposed to be done now. This is the sad part. No. I know. It just stinks. Um, but I'm thrilled to get to point people to your children's book. We have the link in the show notes. Miracle View. It's just not for just parents of kids who have been in the NICU. This is for all the parents oh. to communicate God's love and, and sovereignty. Yes, that's and, something that like I always, I, it, the inspiration behind it was literally when we, I was sharing Sledge's journey when we were in the hospital 
not really even planning on doing so, but people started praying and, um, but something I continually said over and over to him, literally he would, when, when he was in the hospital was, I'm promise you, I will never stop telling you about the miracle of you. And so that was really the heart behind the book. And it has nothing to do with the hospital. That was a question that we, you know, got asked, is anything, it, you know, is it going to scare my kids? Is it going to make them have questions? I was like, no, 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 no. It really is just a love letter from parents to their kids when they read it. And then from God to us to say, hey, think about like the oceans and how they are vast and expansive and filled with creatures. Think about the jungle and how it's layered with greenery that you don't even know how it grows. Think about the airplanes. How do they stay in the sky or this and that? You know, goes through these different miracles. And this is, but God's favorite and his best and his highest is you. So what mm-hmm. does that mean? You know, and I think that's just a reminder for us striving moms too. you know, I mean, when I read it to sledge now, I literally take a deep breath myself because I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm still kind of trying to earn my spot a little bit. And you're already good. You're pleased. You're you delight in me. And so that's really the heart of the book is just to remind you how your heavenly father feels about you. And to as a parent, to be able to remind your kid that there's nothing more important in your life than them. So good. But Heather, you do this so well. And I wanted to say before we close up, you know, I think, like we said, people probably just assume that people always tell you this, but the way that you show up in this world, the way that you are willing to be vulnerable and honest and gracious and welcome the Holy Spirit into motherhood and talk about it and give other people opportunities to share their story and then to be willing to sit on a dream that's been in your heart because you trusted God's plan. And just for what you produce, but really what you produce is just a reflection of who you are. And so I'm Mm -hmm. grateful for the person that you are and the mom that you are. And I know as someone, a fellow business owner and um, just mom myself, especially you have four and I have one and I come from four. So let me just tell you that the respect is huge on my end. Um, You're too kind. Thank you, Claire. That means so much coming from a fellow mom and business owner and podcaster and I'm just honored to get to share you with people today. Thank you for being with me. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. I always feel like conversations are too short, um, too short. but thank you. Grateful for you. And I'll be cheering you along with the release of your book. And I can't wait to share it to thank my you. people. And um, I look forward to it. Well, thank you so much. Thanks y'all for joining me this week. I'd love for you to think through what assignment have you been given that feels like a good gift and what assignment feels like a struggle. If we become a product of where we give attention, what are you giving your attention to? Claire also said she felt like God told her, your perspective is your power. What helps you change your perspective? I know for me, it can be mentors. It can be getting back in God's word. It can be remembering who God is in the midst of the hard I'm walking through or the good I'm walking through. I would love to pray over y'all and just recenter ourselves. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for Claire's testimony of your work in her life. I pray for any moms listening who can relate to her journey. I pray for any moms who are grieving in the midst of their end right now in that journey. They have a baby who is at the hospital right now. Lord, I pray for moms who are really experiencing challenges in their motherhood. They're having a hard time with a specific kid or with where they are with their marriage. 
I pray, Lord, that you would offer a specific encouragement to them, a renewed perspective, that you would give them a glimpse of what you're doing. It's so hard, God, when we don't see the whole picture. And today is a challenge. And to not get so discouraged that we forget you. I pray, Lord, for you to correct our vision, for you to give us eyes to see what's going on, even if it's a glimpse. I pray most of all, God, that we would accept the limitations you've given us when it comes to time and for our physical space and that we each are only given 24 hours in a day. We have our present moment. We have the bodies you've given us that we could surrender those to you and trust those limitations you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks y'all for joining me for another episode on Right Where You Belong. The book comes out April 18th and now it's April. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe it. It's a couple weeks away. If you have not pre-ordered a copy, I would really love if you would. It helps so much. Y'all don't even know. Uh, There is a link if you go to heathermcfadden.com forward slash R-W-Y-B. It's the first letters of right where you belong. You will see all the places you can buy it. And if you pre-order and fill out the form that's on that page, just keep scrolling, you'll see a form. It basically asks for your name and your email and your order confirmation number. And you will be getting an email from me with a code to get a free audiobook version of the book that I will read to you, which is super fun. I mean, it's a lot of work to record an audiobook, but it was really such a great experience that I got to do that. And so that's happening. Uh, we have more things that we'll be giving away once the book releases, which I'm excited about. And remember, I am the co-host over at the Candace Cameron Beret podcast, and we are working our way through the book. Every week, we cover a different chapter of the book. The first episode came out last Tuesday. Episode number two comes out tomorrow, and I'd love to see you over there, too. All right. Thanks for joining me. Have a good one. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.